you know, I went and I did a Pokemon stream again for the first time in a while. And that had about 15 to 20 people watching. And, I mean, it just released a new DLC. So it was, you know, hot content to get out there. Get that hot count. I can't even say hot content. Wow. (laughs) Canceled. Canceled. We're we're clipping that, Brian. You're fucking canceled. (laughs) This is why we can never do this live. I like that after all of that, you still got a cold open. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. After all of that, right there, you did it yourself. It was. Hey, it was I don't know mistake. if I want to put that out there. If I would have said it, it would have been the cold open. True, that's right. That's fair. It's not on me, it's on you. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Bright Guy and the Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is our favorite pirate enthusiast, Andy Stolls. What's up, podcast people? And we also have our favorite Pokemon trainer, Mike Bradley. I Pokemon trainer, that's an interesting way to introduce me. Um, I never know what you're going to say when you're introducing that's me. That's half the so, fun. So when you said pirate, I was like, oh, it's Andy. And then you got the Pokemon trainer, and I'm like, well, I guess that's me. So what? What's the other person here? I mean, that's why I said your name afterwards, because, yes, the Pokemon trainer is you. <laughs> Burn. Uh, so, <laughs> so, <laughs> finally, our last guest is our favorite Valorant MVP, Ian Light. Thank you for bringing that up, because I want to let everyone know about my new sponsor, Melon Books. Bringing a lot of that classy anime content to you, a lot of that R18 anime shit. And they're now our front jersey sponsor for my Valorant team. The <laughs> the great old ones. I thought the cough was going to be the name. That would have been really like. I think you have to say that every time it. you have to cough every time you say the name. Wait, is the cough part of the name? So it's actually tough for me to say that because of the fear, sheer fear I have in my mind of the <laughs> great old ones. So it really <laughs> brings out this sickness in me. So I have to really go. You have a fear of your own team. No, of what what it represents. Oh, oh, the actual great old ones, you fear. Yeah, I'm surprised you're strong enough. You must have rolled a very high sanity check to not cough on that. Yeah, you didn't cough. Oh, no, man, are we I, talking like Cth- Cthulhu since. type shit here? Mm. Oh, hell yeah, brother. The whole Lovecraftian <laughs> universe. <laughs> Lots of tentacles and weird shit. That's, That's why we teamed up with Melon Books. The tentacles. Yeah. That makes sense. I know, that's why you brought it around for me. I thought we were going to this whole time. It's come full circle. We're back to the start. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. All right, uh, so for the summertime, the, the video game news has been coming fast and furious, which, you know, we covered last week. We're probably going to continue to cover over the course of the summer. Um, so we got some more video game news to cover. One big bombshell dropped today, actually, which we'll get to. Um, but we are going to break this episode up with a little bit of DC news, which is where we'll start. Uh, so kicking off the episode, we're going to talk about the DC Fandome, 
which I still don't know if I love or hate this name. It's not fandom. It's fan and then D-O-M, dome. So you, uh, you forgot the E. D- oh, I did. Yeah, D-O-M. I can't even spell. Jesus Christ. I'm looking so at literally is it fan how dome it's spelled. Or fandom? Fan- <laughs> it's fandom. At least that's the way I'm pre- pronouncing it. I don't know if they want, want you to say fandom. So, so were they planning on having this event in person in a dome? Or I, no. I don't know. No, they just came up with this. <laughs> Wait, that's the name, really? DC Fandom. <laughs> yes. What yes, the, the real fuck? Name. We're not, he's not it doesn't make any up. sense. <laughs> is it? Is it because? What it's are they trying to capitalize or... on? <laughs> what, what is the? Is there any so Andy strictly falls the on the I hate that name side. <laughs> okay, so Andy, this is this is the name. So Fandom, right? And then yeah. you put Fandom, so that's a that's a dome. So the advertisements are all dome shaped. But here's the thing: the E stands for excitement, because <laughs> the fandom is excited for DC Fandom 2020. I mean, he might not be wrong. I don't know. You're welcome, <laughs> Warner Brothers. <laughs> Selling it for him. That's free. So, <laughs> I mean, around the horn. The Ian, you, you 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 into this name? You like this name? Love this name. I feel now like that you're I, selling this name pretty good. I just got it. I just figured out why they put an E on it. Like, just now. <laughs> so now I'm all about it because it makes so much sense. It's such a clever name. Uh, what I'm less into is what the event actually is. Where it's <laughs> a lot of into. random video bullshit going on. And they have, like, different domes of content. So, like, the main one's going to be your regular announcements and stuff we're hoping to see. They mentioned specifically we're going to learn Stealing more about thunder, the... That's fine. What? I said you're stealing my thunder, but that's fine. They're talking about the greatest cinematic <laughs> movie masterpiece of all time, the Snyder Cut, coming out. We're going to get a little more news about Wonder Woman 1984. And then we also have fun stuff like the Kid Zone, where I guess it's just Teen Titans Go on stream for 24 hours straight. So it's just like watching the Cartoon Network. So, so, so is that greatest movie ever? You know, We didn't really talk about this. It's a question I have. Sorry to sidetrack. But the Snyder Cut, when it comes out next year, is it going to be eligible for awards season? No, because it won't be released in theaters. They, they they don't do that anymore, do they? Yeah, you still, still need try. to be in like 50 yeah. or oh, I thought, something. I thought Netflix was able to get awards, though. They get they? limited theater runs for those movies. Oh. Yeah. Uh, well, well, they could probably... If, if, if the, they wanted um, to. Yeah, I was going to say, if the Fandome comes at Snyder <laughs> Cut... <laughs> Alex is all happy about it. They can probably find some theaters. <laughs> I don't think I, don't, I really can't don't say the name without laughing. I love it. I, I really don't think Warner Brothers is too worried about that being considered come award season. Considering how many superhero movies even can get nominated, yeah, I'm not surprised. Even if it is the greatest film of all time. Um, coming back around, Mike. The name Fandom. Like it or Fandome. hate it? Ah, uh, you know it's kind of shitty. Um, it, like, I don't want to say, like, that it's that bad, but it doesn't make fucking sense. Right. It, zero sense. And, but I just a, explained it. What is it? It's what? just a pun on fandom. Like, that's, yeah, that's yeah, all okay. it is. Entertainment. Yeah. Excitement. It doesn't, electricity. It, it doesn't tell me, it doesn't tell me I, anything I about the actual if, event. Yeah, it's I can see if they're announcing something that had a dome, like something with Stephen King's Under <laughs> the is, Dome or something, you know, would yeah, make like, sense, but... What does Comic Con tell you? It's comics convention, <laughs> fan excitement. <laughs> Which is better, comic convention, fan excitement, fan or, excitement? Or, or is it because 
the fandom is gathering online in e environment, and it's. What does it have to do with domes? <laughs> what does incitement have to do with domes? So, I don't know if you know this, but they play sports in domes, and it's an electric <laughs> atmosphere full of excitement and entertainment in a dome. <laughs> So I, <laughs> my point I feel like is that I hate it doesn't relate to, what, to, to what's actually going to happen at the event. I, I know nothing about the event from the name. Nothing. All right, well, that's why I'm here, Mike. I will explain it for you. No, I've so... seen what their explanation is. <laughs> it doesn't help because the name requires much further explanation that you're about to give, which I'm not going to deprive the audience of. But that was my point, is that it, you have to research why the hell it's called Fandom. Yeah, so we'll sort of get into this here. So, for anyone unaware, August 22nd at 10 a.m. Pacific, so 1 p.m. Eastern for us, DC will launch a free online event that is only available for 24 hours. So they are teasing involvement with the cast and creators of the following shows and movies. We have Aquaman, The Batman, Batwoman, Black Adam, Black Lightning, DC Superhero, or D, yeah, DC Superhero Girls. Uh, DC's Legends of Tomorrow, DC's Stargirl, Doom Patrol, The Flash, Harley Quinn, Zack Snyder's Justice League, Lucifer, Pennyworth, Shazam, The Suicide Squad, which is James, Gun James Gunn's Suicide Squad, by the way, um, Supergirl, Superman and Lois, Teen Titans Go, Titans, Watchmen, Young Justice Outsiders, and Wonder Woman 1984. And then they also mentioned various comics and video games, but no specifics were, were named. Um... Can I ask a question I'm, real quickly? Yeah. What platform are they putting this on? What do you mean? Just where the can internet. we watch it? Uh, I mean, I think they have. They probably have a link somewhere, which I don't think is there yet because it's not live. Um, that means it's going to be YouTube. It's going to be Twitch. Is it going to be their I think own it's website? Their own website. I think it's their own website. Yeah. Their own website. Okay. Which I mean, if you just go to dccomics.com/slash dcfandom, that's where the a lot of their info is. So I don't know if they're going to be right. putting more links up there. Um, so, and I'm grabbing the next bit of info from the article from Entertainment Weekly, um, that had stuff on, on the Fando. So, according to the press release, there will be six different fully programmed areas inside the virtual DC Fandome. So, the first one is the Hall of Heroes, which is where you'll be able to watch all of the panels, reveals, and special programming. There is a DC Watchverse, which has even more panels, screenings, and never-before-seen content. There is a DCU-verse, which spotlights fan-generated content. Uh, DC Inside-verse, which focuses on the creative minds behind everything you love and will begin with an introductory video from DC publisher, CCO Jim Lee, president of DC-based film production, Walter Hamada, and Aerovos, Aerovos, I can't even say that word, Aeroverse architect, Greg Berlanti. Uh, DC Kids-verse, which is the one Ian expects to just have... Teen Titans Go for the whole thing. Um, it doesn't tell you what it is. It just says it's for younger fans. So you might not be wrong with what they're going to show. That, that's okay. where parents can leave their kids that need babysat while they're at the DC fandom. Yeah. Um, and then the last one is DC Funverse, which you can find merchandise, a comic book reader, shareables, and more. So it's also, I feel like, worth mentioning that uh, since San Diego Comic-Con was canceled, I kind of expected this to be like other stuff like this to pop up other people finding ways to get their content out there because comic-con's not happening happening which is normally where they debut all this stuff um and as i was reading more stuff on fandom 
Uh, I saw that the San Diego Comic-Con announced that they would actually be having some sort of virtual event also later this summer that they're just calling Comic-Con at home. Um, there's no date or events or anything lined up for that other than, it's, like, it's coming soon. So I have no idea. It's the same what, date. Is it? Okay. So they're just going to try to do their panels and events, whatever they wanted to do virtually? Essentially, yeah. I guess? Okay. Well, as much as they can, I'm sure. Yeah. So, all right. So throwing it out to you guys, um, what do you think of DC's virtual convention idea? And is this something that you will be checking out on August 22nd? Um, Andy, we'll start with you. You wanted to figure out what this was. I I just gave you what this was. What do you think? Um, I think that as vague as it is, I'm hoping that they would have actual like news news for me to actually like want to get invested in this and say that I would want to do it. I'm it, it's slightly intriguing, but I I mean that's such a vague dome of information i guess <laughs> just want to use the word dome again yeah didn't you? yeah <laughs> this all-encompassing uh, thing yeah it's just like oh. everything dc in one place and i'm like well that's a whole lot of fucking shit like what if i want to you know i don't know it's it's interesting and intriguing um maybe i would be into it i don't really watch a lot of that stuff online though so I mean, the only thing that sounds like it's worthwhile to me is the Hall of Heroes. That's probably, I'm assuming, any trailers or announcements that we were going to get at Comic-Con are going to happen there. So we'll probably get a full trailer, which Zack Snyder's already teasing for his yeah. cut of Justice League. Um, maybe we'll finally get a trailer for James Gunn's Suicide Squad. Maybe a first look at the Batman or, or something. Like, all the all the movies that we know are happening but haven't seen anything from yet, I'm assuming we're going to get stuff there. Maybe a new trailer for Wonder Woman, too. Maybe a reveal of a new movie that they haven't told us about. Right. That's like, that would be amazing. Um, Depends on the movie. Well, yeah, true. <laughs> but I mean, imagine so Mike, what do you, they, what do you like, think? I think it's a perfect opportunity to do what I said on Twitter. 24-hour co-stream, just bringing in different super friends throughout the day, talking about what we're watching. Yeah, I, I won't last 24 hours. Well, maybe not 24 hours, but a while. Well, that um, begs the question of, I don't know how this content is going to be there. Is it going to be specific times a day, like every hour there's going to be something that's going to be there? Or is it just there, and over 24 hours you can just go there and watch what you want? I figured they would do a live streaming kind of thing. Like, let's shift over to this. Depending on which part of the dome you're in, they would have it would, 24 hours of content lined up. Yeah, it would be pretty cool, though, if they were just like, here's all the content, do what you want with it. Right, I'm on. I that the would way be I'm neat. interpreting like, it is it 10 a.m. Like, yeah, you know, going this, through this virtual, you're going through a virtual door to see this thing and a virtual right. door to see this other thing, which would I think would be pretty cool. I, I I was thinking of it as how they were trying to set up a virtual convention. I think it's more just a place for them to you know to gather people. I don't know. Because I could see it both ways, but I guess, I think the way I'm interpreting it is that it's, you know, when they turn the button on and, and make this site go live, the content is there. So you can, you're browsing the Hall of Heroes and sort of like what Andy said, if there's like a Superman content place. So you go to Superman and then it tells you, the, you see trailers or reveals or whatever has to do with Superman there. Same with like Wonder Woman or Suicide, there's just specific sections I in mean, the Hall of Heroes for these things that are coming. And you can just find maybe. the videos there. I'm not sure we'll get more details. I just, the way they set it up and the way they, like, that little 
I don't want to like infographic or visual aid they put out there. It looked like they were trying to put up a virtual convention where they could have a host to say, all right, we're going to pitch you over to this section where they're doing this and you can click on that or you can go to this section where this is happening live right now. So I'm going to send you guys a picture in the Skype chat. I feel is... it, like if they did that, it wouldn't be any different than the EA Play thing that I just watched. <laughs> because it's literally like they have a host and they, they take you where you they want you to go. Right. right. I feel, I like, feel it's, like that's it's no different. And I feel like that's what, from even like if you look at this, in the, this is the thing I was just talking about. I don't know what to call it. Visual aid, I guess is what I'll call that. So for anyone just listening, there's a there's a picture, and I'll I can't remember if I put it on the Facebook page and stuff too, but I'll try to do that between now and when we post the show. It's basically just a like Mike sort of described it, an infographic. It's a picture of what this the different halls are for what they consider maybe their convention floor, and the different sections, all six that we talked about, and and the different content that they will have. So it's laid out on a graph on what this place looks like. Right, and that's kind of why I felt like that's what they would go for is like. You can go here to do this or there to do that. Right now, this is the schedule. They'll release the schedule and you'll be able to plan your day at the convention. I guess sort of like what Andy was talking about. I'm, I'm sort of interpreting it as like a, like a Google Maps version of a convention floor. Where you're just clicking like, I want to move forward. And then you click forward on the screen or something and it pushes you further into the convention type of thing. That'd be weird, but I'm um, also down for that especially if they have vendors out there that I, maybe i can't buy the stuff but i can look and like peruse through the stuff like i would anyways at a convention right i'm thinking like props and stuff depending on what environment you're in you could look at you know the memorabilia around you or something i don't know yeah and maybe there are online stores associated with it where you could buy you know like the batman shirt if you really wanted to well they specifically right. said one of these is going to have merchandise the dc right. funverse what I, I was hoping for like hard to find yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that's fun about conventions, too, isn't it? You go through, like, the uh, exhibitors and whatnot and look through all the collectibles they have there, and sometimes you find those hard-to-find pieces to, you know, fit into your collection, or you find a piece you didn't know about that fits into your collection, and it's coming from, like, an individual vendor, as opposed to, this is our new stuff, buy it directly from us, which is what yeah, I feel I'm like sure what they're promoting. Yeah, a DC-sponsored event. They're not going to want you to buy from third-party vendors. They're going to want you to go right. through their stuff. Sometimes looking through this stuff at a con like an actual comic convention is fun. Other times I feel like I'm just going through a really terrible garage sale. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where you're just like walking and you're like, what the fuck is this? This is terrible. That's terrible. What the fuck am I looking at right now? Like, other times I'm like, oh, this is cool. That's cool. This is neat. But... Like, sometimes you're like, why do you even have a table? This is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's definitely that. There's times, too, when you go through and you're like, you know, the, part of the idea when you go to some of them, especially like Steel City Con when we go, is that you pay this fee to get in the door and you're supposed to be able to get deals when you go through. I mean, the vendors are supposed to be somewhat underpriced, I guess you could say, from what maybe normal uh, prices uh, would be. They rarely not. are. Yeah, they're rarely. And is the, that implied, though? That was always implied to me was you're going to buy stuff that you can get at a better price here than you would be able to I thought elsewhere. It was, no, it's just this is where you could find stuff you wouldn't find other places. Well, that too, but I don't know. I always felt like it was supposed to be... Because even KB Toys sell it at listed price when they went. 
Right. Well, and that's what I mean. It's like it's never tax. been that way. I remember that being the only booth that would charge tax to people Wait, coming to the convention. Tax at a convention booth. Well, we were we were there real business. Yeah, we were there for the store. We Crazy. weren't there representing our own stuff. We were we were selling the store's stuff. Oh God. Why does K- why would KB Toys pay for that? That's why they're out of fucking businesses. They're like we have whoa, a store whoa, 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 in the whoa. mall. The guy, that, the guy that up here had that is running his own convention now, so. Clearly he had great foresight. But anyways, I read on Vanity Fair that you are walking around this thing. Like you're going to be clicking in a first person's perspective, navigating okay. the convention floor. Wait, are there is there virtual lines too? They didn't tell <laughs> me whether or not you're going to have to wait in line behind a bigger person that you can't see around. <laughs> but you will be able to walk around and see, oh, look at this memorabilia that's displayed on the wall and walk around like that. Is there going to be virtual white trash with children on leashes? Well, there's also going to be meetup spots you can walk to and meet up with other fans, so probably. Nice. <laughs> I feel that like I like this idea cool. in theory. Like, this sounds like something that would be cool. Yeah. I just don't know the execution if it's like when we're actually using it and trying it, if it's going to be as cool as it might actually sound. My question is, is it going to be VR ready? Oh, God. Because that'd be slick. <laughs> I'm just wondering if the VR servers convention. won't crash. <laughs> yeah, the servers crashing would be a big fucking problem. Yeah. So I wonder if they get some type of cloud solution so they don't have to worry about that, but at the same time... Yeah. Are yeah, they going to much is, about it? This is yeah. only available for 24 hours, so if it crashes and it's down for six hours, that's six hours of the 24 hours, and people can't use whatever they're trying right. to, you know, check out. <laughs> and it's like they give me free bright ingrams to make up for it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just going there and throwing Destiny in here for no reason. Well, I, I knew like people it. would get that reference. <laughs> I didn't say Saint Quartz from, like, the gotcha game I played. No one would have known what I was talking about. <laughs> I, you, you just said several words I don't know. Thanks. <laughs> so what do you guys, what do you guys think of the uh, the 24-hour window? Good good idea, bad idea. Well, all the trailers are going to be somewhere else afterwards. Yeah. It's just going to be for the panels and stuff, which I think is fine. It creates that that classic Destiny Ward FOMO, that FOMO <laughs> experience that everyone loves and gets people going and gets people to pay for season passes. So I, I think it's a fucking it's a hate great FOMO. idea. Fucking hate it. <laughs> Which is exactly why I plan to live stream it and talk about it the whole time. Because it's only something you can see once, you know? But if I do it, and then I can post it in a YouTube video and get that taken down because of, like, copyrighted content or some shit. But you just flip it around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah reverse it. Mirror image. And, uh, no, I mean, it's something you're only going to get a chance to see once. And it's something, I mean, and that's what... Is special about going to a convention and going to a panel is that you experience whatever happened at that panel for yourself and other people aren't really getting the chance to do that. Well, sort of to Ian's point, like what, what's the difference of, cause they're going to, this stuff is going to hit the internet after the event. Anyway, it's either going to be released officially through DC's like YouTube channel for trailers and reveals and stuff like that, or someone else is going to bootleg it and put it up on the internet anyway. So what incentive do you have to go to this thing to watch their stuff? Well, they need to do that. They need to have some incentive. Walking around and seeing all the cool memorabilia, meeting up with other fans in the meetup spots. So that's the appeal? Just checking out their their virtual convention floor? The three E's. Electric, 
entertainment, <laughs> excitement. And that's what you'll see on that convention floor. Well, sure. I mean, yeah, I guess my me. question would also be Static like... Static shock. Is electric. I, I, I think boogie, boogie, boogie. fans are going to be desiring something like this, like a big event like this. And they may put together their own events surrounding it to make it special for them to do it together. Plus, it's like they don't need everyone to go get... there. They don't want everyone to go there or it will crash. It's something Fair. exciting yeah. for people that are into DC to go to the convention in that way, and then people that just want to see the trailers or something will just see the trailers. That's fair. Right. Yeah. The, the person who's itching for it that needs it now, that needs to see it first, they're going to be there on the site. It's like, um, you know, with uh, BlizzCon, like some people buy the virtual tickets to that to watch it there when you know all that stuff leaks right afterwards. Right. But they they, wait, I didn't even realize live. conventions did that. They do a virtual ticket. Oh, yeah. yeah. They sell um, they sell out the virtual tickets, too. How does so that it just sell gives you, out? So it's just like a camera that's in the in the oh, okay. halls or something for the events? Well, it's usually, yeah, for like the panels and stuff, mostly, I think. Yeah. I, I mean, I've never heard it. I think they even walk you around the the like the the floor too, like with a camera. Like, oh yeah, this is the this is the floor, and then you get to go to the panel. Say, like that. Last year for like Star Wars celebration, I spent like that whole week watching their live streams. Right, but that's not a virtual ticket. Like, you're not buying that. No, that's I wasn't just what buying they it. But if they sold it, I would have. Right. That's what I'm. I didn't realize that was a thing, and now I'm wondering why other people don't do that. Because they're not Blizzard that are trying to squeeze every dollar they can out of everything. Oh, you also you also get like exclusive stuff for like WoW and shit when you buy the virtual. Yeah, ticket. like yeah, like okay, free exclusive pet. Okay. Yeah, it's like there's other incentives too. But... Yeah. I'm just thinking like if they did that for San Diego Comic Con, I will never be able to get a ticket to actually go to San Diego why, Comic Con, but I would buy a virtual ticket. And there's no reason to ever go. <laughs> There's just too the many experience. people there. There's too many people to experience anything but sweat. <laughs> I have to agree with Ian on this one. It, you know, if they capped the like the attendance at like fifty thousand or something, you might be able to experience some of it. But it's like two hundred and fifty thousand people every day in that convention center. God, it's got to be disgusting. Part of it is just kind of like a bucket list thing for me. Like I, it's I just like to go one time, so even just if it's hang terrible, out outside. Least, like, <laughs> You have the opportunity this year. They're doing uh, Comic-Con at home. You just talked about it. This is your chance right. to go without having That's, to experience all the disgusting sweat. Yeah, maybe that'll that'll check that. I, I don't know. It depends and if on you what want he's it, doing just invite me over. <laughs> What'd you say, Ian? I said if he wants to sweat, invite me over. Oh, <laughs> well, there's that. Um. So, I mean, do you guys think maybe some sort of event like this will catch on do you think more people could do something like this or is this just for the the day and time that we are in right now this is this is what's happening i think long term it can be a thing i think we're already starting to see it in workplaces where they're starting to already be a little more open to working from home because of this and yeah. i think a lot of places like as we've seen with e3 a lot no one's not as many people are going to the convention space anymore to show off their stuff they do events either like microsoft near e3 or nintendo already does all their stuff online during e3 so I think right. you're already seeing that in other spaces, and I think that's more and more likely to continue happening, especially if people have a lot of success with this. Yep. Yeah, I don't know if I, I'd see this like replacing traditional conventions, but I could definitely see it being like a companion piece to conventions. Like, again, for people that can't make it there, just something else to experience the content. 
Well, and right, and it's something like like you said with Comic Con. Even if you really want to go to Comic Con, you still have to get lucky to get a ticket. Right. And people still want to experience it, and the virtual stuff can give them the opportunity to do that. As far as entirely replacing conventions, I don't think so, because you still have the opportunity to go to that convention, and one of the biggest things with conventions is you get to wait in line, you get to go and meet a celebrity and get their autograph. You can buy their autograph online right now if you want, but you don't get to meet them and actually you know, have a... 10 word conversation with them before they shuffle your ass along yeah um but you actually get a chance to meet and briefly speak with these people um and that's an experience that they can't give you at home like even like lower tier people like i went to like a little small sci-fi valley con is what it's called and i bought a book from this guy and i had to tell him yeah it's okay for you to sign it because i'm not going to tell the guy (laughs) that made the book not to sign the book i buy it from him Right, and his signature puts little things about the book in there that you're going to find out about later. You're like, oh, that's neat. <laughs> right, and, and like there was that, that reminds me of like a situation that you, you're just not going to get in an at-home convention that I saw recently. Um, Ian, you and Andy probably don't know who this person is, but I'm sure Brian does. When I say Jeremy Dooley, yeah. Um, he posted a video from a convention he was at and he was at a you know a booth and he was promoting his book that he wrote he was there with Ryan uh Haywood and somebody came up to him um cosplaying a character from a comic book that he voiced like a from an anime that he voiced and the look of sheer joy on both of their faces when he realized that somebody actually was cosplaying a character that he did. You know what I mean? Like, people don't know who he is or what their, for most of their content is, but somebody was cosplaying his character. And that's, you know, it's a small creator that we're talking about here. This isn't somebody cosplaying Indiana Jones going up to Harrison Ford who's like, yeah, get the fuck away from me. This is somebody that's, you know, meeting the person who created the character that they're cosplaying in person, in having that sheer moment of joy together, that you're not going to get that without an in-person convention. It's not going to be a thing. Yeah. No, because like I go to a lot of these anime cons, and at certain points, like the guest speakers, they'll have like not the guest speakers, but the actual voice actors and stuff. They'll have a panel where they're doing. It, they're like, okay, is everyone have their phones away? And then they'll talk about stuff they wouldn't normally talk about because they don't want it getting out there, like being recorded them saying certain things that's not them like bad melting the whole industry but they'll go into like what sucks about doing like recording or something or here's the shitty show we worked on because over the japan office wouldn't let us actually make anything make sense in english and you would never know about that without being there in person because they wouldn't let it been recorded so i think there's a little things like that too that you would miss out on yeah um andy what do you think about these going forward you think they'll they'll work you think we'll see more um, I think I tend to side with what you said about it being like a nice um, uh, companion to the actual because uh, I could see standing in line for a panel at the actual convention and then maybe watching another panel while you're in line for one panel on your phone you know what I mean yeah that gives you something to do while you're fucking queuing for an hour you know right you're like an well hour. yeah 
Well, well, you know, I don't know how long it takes, but you can actually like, you want to see this one, but you'd also like to see that other one, but you can only see it on one of the lines. You can actually watch the other panel while you're standing in line. So see, that would be neat to me. I can tell you, I would have killed for something like that when Brian and I were waiting for the last Jedi panel. (laughs) Um, But you could have been playing like the Star Wars game on your phone. It, Which I my did. My phone would have died. <laughs> um, For, that but, lasted the first 45 minutes, so that it was like, okay, now what? <laughs> yeah. Um, to, to, to be honest, nobody can ever take away from either of us. We were there when they revealed the trailer for that. We got the, you know, it, it was awesome. It was incredible. 18 hours in line. Yeah, we did camp out overnight for that panel. Yeah. See, but that's just, I'm like, I don't want to experience that. <laughs> well, to be fair, Mike's leaving out the part where Ryan Johnson visited us in right. line, and you could actually meet and greet with him. So I, I did stand in another line. Was. It, was e- it was either you sleep shit. or stand in line with Ryan Johnson. So I stood in li- another line <laughs> to get a picture and get him to sign my badge. So I did do that. That was memorable to me. It was memorable that he showed up for me. I, j- I personally was among the people who looked at like the crowd of people 20 deep around him and was like... I'm not standing in another line while I'm standing in a, this line. And I just was I, like, I, I just couldn't at that point. I was, I mean, that was like what midnight, 1am, something like that. We'd already been yeah, in line for like really six, seven hours. Yeah. And I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> like I tried to fall back asleep at that point. On which, the chair that you broke. <laughs> yeah. The chair. I bought a chair so that I would have something to like relax in. Once we got into the spot we were in for the night. And the chair broke halfway through the night. <laughs> it was a shitty chair. And Were you asleep when it broke? Person. Uh, yes, I was. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, no, the, honestly, like, it's one of those things where, like, the wait to get there was one of the worst experiences fucking ever. Like, yeah. yeah. What, one of the absolute <laughs> worst ever. 18 hours in line, but the experience of being in there, I think, was made even better by how long the wait was. Yeah. But the experience of being in there was fucking incredible. Like, so, it sucked it, at the time, but thinking back to it now and talking about it, it's like, I remember all the cool shit that happened and, and right. the experience of being in that room and stuff. The, the other crap of just waiting in line and trying to sleep and not being able to, I, I mostly forget that stuff. Well, like the part that they didn't manage the line outside so that when the sprinklers went on outside the convention oh, yeah. center, everybody had to fucking split because the sprinklers just turned on. It was like nine o'clock at night people were like we were standing in line we weren't close enough to get hit by it but we just saw like the line spread all the way out into the street rather than just separating people had to stay in a line and they just spread all the way out into like the middle of a street and you know the the sprinklers were on and it just like everywhere and you could see the line bowing out all these different places and you're not going to get that experience because you know what somebody's solution to that was? I don't know. Brian, you might remember this. The person that put the Pizza Hut box over the sprinkler yes. close to us. Yeah. Somebody just, like, took their half-eaten pizza. The pizza wasn't even gone. They just sacrificed their pizza to, instead of handing it out to people around them, by the way. That was kind of shitty, too. But they just took the pizza and they just stuffed the box over the sprinkler and thought that would do it. It lasted for about, what, a minute and a half? It worked for a Before the bit, cardboard yeah. was completely soaked through and the water was just punching holes in it. Yeah. Um, but it, you're not going to get that experience uh, on a virtual convention. Or maybe they can so, recreate it somehow. I don't know. 
So all that aside, I guess we'll just come down to will you be checking out the DC fandom when it comes out in August? No. I think I need more information. Fair. Curiosity sure we'll get more will probably now get then, the but... better of me and I will at least look at it. I may like I said, I may actually even like try to stream it and see if like if it's a live event kind of thing. Maybe stream it and give live reactions just for the hell of yeah, it. Yeah, I want to. I want to hear more about this schedule. If it's if it's all the content is there, you just browse at your leisure, or if it's specific times, I want to know how all that works. But I, I definitely think I will be trying to check it out. I'm I'm more my my curiosity has gotten the best of me already. I want to see how this is laid out, what the how this works, and you know I'm always trying to think about like could could someone do this better later? Is this is this an experiment that we could see, uh, you know, tweaked and stuff and and we get a better version of this in a couple years somehow for some reason. So I'd like to see where this starts at. Um, all right. So we're going to swing to the, the video game stuff. Um, and the, the first thing we're gonna talk about, I actually just added this to our outline literally like an hour or two ago. Cause this is more or less the closest we're going to get to breaking news when recording a podcast, but it's, it's kind of a big bombshell that, that dropped. Um, Mixer is officially dead. And if you're listening to this and asking yourself, what's his Mixer? Well, then that's basically why Mixer died. Um, in a nutshell, Mixer was a Microsoft-owned streaming platform similar to Twitch. So I was trying to do some research, so I'm going to backtrack a bit. So back in 2016, Microsoft bought Beam, which was labeled as an interactive live streaming platform. So at the time, Beam was run by an 18-year-old Matt... I'm going to butcher these people's names. Salsa Mendy and a 20-year-old James Boheme, and they had 24 employees under them. So they Beam was bought by Microsoft, and the only thing they say is an undisclosed amount. So it's not even, you can't even find out how much this deal was. So supposedly what set Beam apart was, at the time, it was its ability to allow viewers to interact with streamers in real time. So by interact with streamers, they're intending to use the service to have viewers influence and interact with the game that the streamer is playing in real time. And I had to try to remember, does anyone even remember Beam? Did anyone use this or check this out at the time? Uh, that doesn't ring any bells. Okay. I it think sounds a lot... What'd you say? I think it's made up. <laughs> so what uh, it sounds like to me is something that does exist currently that you can use through Twitch called Crowd Control. Which, and I don't know, I knew that's a thing. I don't know, if, do you know when that started? Did this no, come out of something that like Beam was doing and then Twitch is trying to play catch up and like, look, we do it too. I have no idea what was first. Because this was in 2016. I so I have no idea when crowd control started. I couldn't okay. tell you that. I, I did not I, prepare for that because I didn't know you were going to talk about Beam. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I was always under the impression that the crowd control thing, for, and maybe I just heard about it later, but I feel like I've only heard about that through Twitch the last couple years. So if Beam was doing that in 2016, I feel like that's this is Twitch's reaction to something that Beam did. Well, I mean, did, even crowd control only reacts with certain games. Did Beam actually do it, though? Maybe it was just one of their lofty goals to eventually become that? Well, that's funny. So what I was trying to read is that when Beam was pitched and when Microsoft bought it, that was what they were pushing. Now, when Microsoft bought Beam, and I think before they, they had their name change, I feel like I remember checking out Beam, but I don't remember it doing that kind of stuff. So I don't know if they couldn't figure it out, if it wasn't that big of a selling point for the service. I just remember it being something like Twitch, just a streaming video game uh, platform. It was probably on one of their burners, like they were going to eventually get that going, but maybe they just, like you said, had to figure it out. 
Right. So, I mean, I think there's some tech there that Microsoft was interested in, and they just bought that because they wanted the tech. Um, so if well, we jump to... Do you, have, you want to add something, Mike? Well, no, I was, I was going to say crowd control is actually completely independent from Twitch. It's, okay. it's um, an extension you can use on your Twitch channel if you want to, but it does not operate via Twitch. It's not the money that goes through crowd control does not go to Twitch. Okay. I mean, because the, the impression I got from the stuff, at least what was described for Beam, was that it almost should work with any game. They gave a couple examples when the press release and stuff I was reading, like Minecraft and um, I forget what else they talked about now. I'm blanking. But some of those games were, they were demoing and talking about how, again, when it was pitched, that viewers can somehow interact, like switch weapons for the for the play, person playing the game or somehow give them different quests or mission objectives or something that, that influences the way the game is being played. So, speaking from, I guess, like, a creator, I'm not, I don't know. I've used crowd control, and I've worked with the mods and stuff like that on these games. That is beyond ambitious to have it work with any game. Um, Yeah. Because it means every game that comes out, their goal is to be able to modify it and make it function. And it would have to be only on PC games because you're not going to be able to make that work through a console game. It's just not... They're not going to open that up for you. Yeah, and again, maybe that's where this whole thing kind of fell off because I don't remember seeing... like Mixer never promoted this kind of thing. So somewhere it fell by the wayside. Um, So if we jump to May 2017. So Microsoft renames Beam to Mixer. So, co-founder of Beam, Matt Salamendi, Salsamendi? Yeah, I think it's Salsamendi. Said, so this was a tough decision and not one we made lightly. It was something that we decided on as a team. We believe so much in the power of the platform and want it to grow in every major market around the world. Unfortunately, that wasn't something we could do with the Beam name. Which I have no idea why they had to change the name. I don't know if it was legally tied up somewhere with Beam, but this just seems like a weird, like there's no explanation as to why. The name changed from Beam to Mixer. At least because Beam like was a shitty name. Sure, Mixer's maybe not better. That's what it is. It's better than Beam. Not really. It's great, and it's also not it's better a, than Beam. And neither of them are copyrightable, so that's what doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So then we flash forward to August 2019. So Mixer is still struggling to hold good numbers and grow its service. Microsoft makes some waves by pulling one of Twitch's most popular streamers, Ninja, away from Twitch and signing him to a, a deal to stream exclusively on Mixer. For somewhere rumored between thirty and or twenty and thirty million dollars for that. What was the date contract. on that? August of twenty nineteen. Okay, I was gonna say that was less than a year ago. Yeah, um, and he wasn't the only one. So I know they pulled other ones. The only other ones that I remember when we sort of talked before the stream was uh, Shroud and King. How do you say the other guy's name? Gathalian. Uh, yeah, that guy. Um, I know those two. <laughs> they just call him Goth. That's, okay, that's King easy. Goth. I can do that. Um, so those two also came out of a mixer. I know there was a, a slew of others that were suddenly getting partner deals to come to mixer to try to boost popularity. So the question was whether or not the same followers on Twitch came to the new platform and followed their, you know, the people they were watching. Short answer is no. Uh, Ninja had 2.3 million followers on mixer at one point, but that was a far cry from his 14.7 million he had on Twitch. Um, three months after Ninja made the move, 
Mixer saw an increase of 188% of content streamed, meaning more people started to use Mixer as a platform to create content. But it saw a decrease of hours watched by 10.6%. So no one was watching the content that all these people were making. It was all the so, people that were making the content that used to be watching. Yeah, so maybe they were inspired to make stuff, but no one's there to watch it, so it didn't help Mixer's numbers. So a couple months later, October 2019, the co-founders of Beam, Matt and James, both left Mixer. So if the writing wasn't beginning to be on the wall for this, it, it just continued to go downhill. Um, and I'm going to throw out a pretty striking stat that I found. So May of 2020, so last month, um, there was an episode of Inside Gaming on YouTube that I watched from time to time. They had some stats for the streaming services. So as a whole, streaming services saw a year-over-year -year growth of 99%. So they all went up in viewership, like hours watched per whatever it is. Um, so from April 2019 to April 2020 is the year the year of uh, like the margin they were looking at. And, you know, the numbers that increase like this also makes sense. We're, we're neck deep in the pandemic in April of 2020. So the numbers are obviously going to go up. Everybody's inside watching shit. So these stats are for the number of hours watched on each service. So for Twitch in April 2019, this is just gaming content. 750 million hours were watched. On April 2020, 1,491,000,000 hours. That's a 98% increase from one year to the next. Okay. YouTube Gaming, April 2019, 279 million hours watched. April of 2020, 461 million. That's 65% increase. Shocks me that YouTube gets that much. Yeah. Uh, Facebook Gaming, which was relatively new. They were starting out. So they had 86 million hours of in April of 2019. April 2020, they jumped up to 291 million, which is a 238% increase. It is not as on par with Twitch or YouTube gaming. It's still a lot less than both of those, but it's a big stretch from where they started. Mixer, April 2019, 37,044,000. In April of 2020, 37,106,000. That is an increase of 0.2%. <laughs> Mixer has no one watching their shit. They are not growing. Yeah, they are not growing. So that's a that's a big hit. Uh, so based on those stats, I'd say it's pretty inevitable that Mixer's days were numbered. So cut to earlier today. Head of Xbox, Phil Spencer, announced that Mixer will be phased out. Any content creators have the option to transition to Facebook gaming. On July 22nd, Mixer is officially dead. Content creators have a month to figure out where they're going to go, how to transition their followers to a new destination. On July 22nd, all Mixer websites and apps will redirect to Facebook gaming. So to be clear, this isn't Microsoft selling Mixer to Facebook or Facebook buying Mixer. Microsoft's press release says, although the Mixer community will be able to transition to Facebook gaming, the innovative technology, the power of the platform will stay with and live on across Microsoft. Microsoft Teams will leverage Mixer's deep investments in ultra-low latency video streaming, real-time interactivity, and video distribution technology to accelerate our ability to support a variety of video-first virtual experiences from meetings to live events to other broadcast scenarios. 
Applying these fan-centric capabilities to new productivity experiences will create immersive ways for teams to empower people, teams, and organizations to better engage in virtual gatherings at work and school. So basically, Microsoft's keeping the tech and saying, fuck everybody else. Uh, so that leaves all the content creators out to dry. So Mixer, you know, you can browse Mixer. Or I was browsing Mixer, sorry, earlier today. And pretty much everybody on there had no idea this was happening. Everyone is caught off guard. Everyone's scrambling to figure out where to go next, what to do. Because the press relief was news to everybody. Even the people using Mixer right now. Um, so there's a bunch of FAQs in there. Like, what to go, what the transition's going to be like. Um, they're saying Mixer, Mixer partners will be granted partner status for Facebook Gaming if they decide to go there. Um, they will receive an update how to transition to Facebook Gaming. Um, streamers partic participating in Mixer's open monetization program will be granted eligibility for Facebook Gaming Level Up program, where they can continue to grow and monetize their streams. Uh, viewers can connect their Mixer account, and Facebook Gaming will show the Facebook pages for all the available Mixer channels, so you can follow easily follow them on Facebook. Um, they encourage all Mixer viewers to spend their remaining embers and sparks, which is, I guess, their form of, like, bits on Twitch. Um... So anything you have saved in the tank, start using them on your partners because the, the Mixer streamers, they will receive double payments for all their stuff through the month of June. So the last month they're alive, they're getting double everything they're receiving. Um, and if you have outstanding Sparks or Embers, uh, that gets translated into Xbox gift cards for if whatever you don't use. So if you have a bunch saved up and you want a gift card out of it, then you might as well save them. And... The Mixer service will continue to run through July 22nd. After that, Mixer.com will direct to Facebook's desktop for gaming video. Mixer broadcasting on Xbox One will be temporarily disabled, and the Mixer apps will notify and redirect viewers to Facebook Gaming. So that's the bombshell, is that another... You know, you'd like to see this as a competitor to Twitch, because I think there, there needs to be some more streaming avenues, because Twitch is still just destroying everybody. Um... But I always thought Mixer held its own until I looked at the stats and I was like, holy shit, did they do terrible. So I guess just initial thoughts. Mike, you're the streamer. What do you think about this? I mean, it doesn't really affect me personally. You know, I mean, I, I stream on Twitch. Um, did you ever think I, about going to Mixer? I did. I, you know, I mean, I, I considered it, but it was something where I actually, at the time of considering it, thought that Mixer was number two. Just like you just said, I thought they were number two. And then I looked at it because I researched it before I was going to make any move, and they're not. Um, and, you know, personally, I'm YouTube is personal opinion uh, from a content creator side turning to complete shit. Um, like, if you don't know what's going on there, look it up. It's, it's, it's bad. Just watch any YouTube video. And in the middle, you're going to get an ad. And then five minutes later, you're going to get an ad. And five minutes later, you're going to get an ad. And then you're going to be prompted like, hey, buy YouTube Premium. Um, it's going downhill for YouTube. They need to reassess. Um, Facebook Gaming, I don't know what, like, I don't know what they paid Microsoft to get Microsoft to encourage people to head that direction. They obviously had to buy into that deal somehow there yeah there's something there um but i am shocked that facebook gaming has as many people as it does see that could be um, in my idea like maybe it's just like facebook like 
maybe they got wind mixer was going under and they said, Hey, you know, you're going to need a place for these people to go. Cause they're going to, they're going to hate you. So we'll, we'll take anybody you're letting go. I doubt it would be that. It would, it, it, the, the, the reason I doubt that is because they have Gathalion is maybe one of the 20 biggest streamers. Shroud and Ninja are two of maybe the five biggest streamers there is. Yeah. And if, like we were talking about earlier, if there's anything in their contract that would push them into Facebook gaming as opposed to being able to just go back to Twitch. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> that would be a huge thing for Facebook gaming. And they would have Ninja to pay for that. Ninja was only signed to Mixer, you know, last year, which yeah. it was probably a contract of a couple years. I don't remember the specifics, to be fair, but yeah, I'm assuming knows? it was for a while. So if this if the service goes down early, what does that do with his contract? Is he out of his contract come July 22nd and he can go wherever he wants? Or is it somehow we'll dependent on... Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, is I it... don't think... Well, he might say something about it soon. Like, this is where... Like, if, if I was him... I would be talking about it as soon as possible. Like, this is where I'm going to be. You know, Do you think July he's 20th, legally allowed to? That's the thing. To tell people where he's going to be? Yes. Okay. To say, he just, he just after this date, use this that is where yet. I'm going to be. Yeah, right. okay. Yeah, he couldn't use it, but he could say, I'm going to be here. Yeah. Um. So, I, I think all of them, it would be behoove them a lot to say, after that date, that's where I'm going to be. This is where you can find me. And that's when we'll know. And which even just a little bit, I was browsing Mixer today. Everybody was pretty much putting their Twitch link in their descriptions for all their shows and the profiles. So they're already directing people there. I would make the shift as soon as I possibly could. Yeah. Shift your audience. Um, But double payments. (laughs) Gotta get that money. Yeah, that's not how, you know, maybe that's, you know. Stream both. Same time. Um, (laughs) But, you know, speaking as a streamer, I can tell you it's not. Um, you know, for smaller creators like myself, that hard reset button on those that were building a community there, because let's face it, Ninja's not going to have any trouble. He'll go wherever he goes and he's got millions of people that are going to follow him no matter where that is. Yeah. Uh, might be millions more if he goes to one platform versus another, but it'll be millions wherever he's at but somebody like myself who is scrounging to be able to say thousands we're not there yet we're between a thousand and two thousand so we're scrounging for that second thousand and those are the people that are going to be hurt the most by the shift yeah because those people had set up they enjoyed mixer as a platform Obviously, if they were following you and subscribing to you on Mixer, that's where they wanted to be. They didn't like Twitch for whatever reason. They didn't like YouTube, whatever. They chose to watch on Mixer. Getting them to transfer to your choice is going to be difficult. Because, you know, you're you're making that shift and you're saying, like, if you told me right now Twitch went under and I had to shift my audience to a different avenue... Or, or, or to a different service, I honestly don't think I could. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, and as streamers, Twitch is a better place to be in general. Um, a large reason for that is Twitch Prime subscriptions, where if you have an Amazon Prime subscription, you can subscribe through Twitch Prime. 
and it costs you nothing more than you're already paying. Yeah, you get one free a month. Right. Mixer has nothing like that. YouTube has nothing like that. Facebook has nothing like that, where it's something you already want out there in Amazon Prime, which has all this shit. Like, you've got your, you know, your um, streaming service for the movies and television and the shows and stuff they create. You've got free shipping for, you know, two-day overnight shipping, whatever. And you can subscribe to your favorite streamer at no extra cost. None of the other services. Subtle plug for Mike, everybody. Yes. (laughs) If you have Amazon Prime, you can subscribe to me at no cost, guys. Nothing. Costs you nothing. Twitch.com slash Tyrannus. Yes. There's two eyes in that. Um, (laughs) However. Wait, Twitch.tv. Sorry, I gave you the wrong link. Twitch.tv slash T-A-U-R-A-N-I-I-S. That is where you can find me. And you can subscribe with your Amazon Prime at no additional cost to you. (laughs) <laughs> so if you're my friend and you're not doing it, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm just, I'm, anyways, I'm just kidding. Um, what if, would you be? How mad would you be if I already used my Twitch subscribe, Twitch Prime subscription on somebody else? <laughs> I mean, you don't subscribe to me, so I don't know where it's going. I yeah. can tell you. <laughs> Titty streamer. Intravenous. Whatever Ian's latest YouTube uh, he, uh, stream session you know, is. I'm on Facebook Gaming. <laughs> you beat the rush. Um, nonetheless, I it, it's one of those things that it, it's that advantage that you have there. But at the same time, you know, for whatever reason, you chose to be on Mixer as opposed to the bigger option. And now you are being pushed. Like, I, there's nothing that would get me onto Facebook gaming. Yeah, I've, I've browsed Zuckerberg, a little bit. I'd- Actually having like, a Facebook account, God, fuck that, no. Yeah, I I feel like more and more I'm trying to distance myself from Facebook a lot. So and even Delete just the interface for that stuff, it's just the the Facebook interface for that kind of crap. It just seems like another. It's I don't know. It's cumbersome. I don't like the way it's laid out. It just I I like a dedicated place for streaming. Like Twitch is just a website for streaming. Mixer is just a website for streaming. Like that's more my speed. I don't need to be worried about all the social shit yeah. that Facebook has to do while trying to watch the streaming videos i don't need that but that's why facebook does as big as it is because it has all of that it has all these people going there that's where they get it like you talk to people online that do like blogging for sports if they tweet out their link they're not getting nearly as many hits as facebook they don't even really need the twitter account to get the hits to their blogging website they just need the facebook account it's that massive and that's why that audience exists there so maybe we should start a brag on a super friends uh facebook gaming well, link it, link it to the Facebook page and all that stuff. So, so you're saying me not having a Facebook page for my own Twitch channel is stupid, and I should. If, <laughs> if you want to actually make a money, yeah. If you want to make a career out of it, yeah. I, I do. Okay. I think you need to be on Facebook because that's the social media platform where you actually get people to engage with the content in a way that meaningfully leads to clicks. Interesting. I always thought of it as. Um... You know, that place where the average age is just under dead. I mean, it's that, too. I mean, it, it's a pretty wide range. It's a wide range, I, but also, like, you don't want to go... I just felt to, like, like it was the 40s and over. But everyone's point. on there. Like, it's, it's everyone's on they there because their friends are there. That, but if they don't use it, no one's clicking on stuff, but people are clearly clicking on stuff because they're making money. Like, it's people are going there. It's a worldwide, Facebook's a worldwide thing. 
they're not like based in a country. I think Mixer might have had an issue where it was more U.S. based or something. Like that's no, why that their be. views were yeah. so much lower. Very possible. Like that's the same thing. Why YouTube is so big is because YouTube's a gigantic platform already. Yeah. Like, that's why YouTube gaming's big. Like that's what these. The only one of these that's unique in any way is Twitch. Where Twitch started off as a streaming platform. These other ones had a different reason to bring the audience in, and it just happens to translate into these views. And that's probably what the mixer issue was, is there was nowhere to bring the people from. Like, you didn't have any, you weren't, you know, you weren't going to mixer for any other reason than the stream, and if you didn't already know it existed, why would you go there? Yeah, I think it's like they were trying to poach from Twitch, but everybody on Twitch has no reason to leave Twitch. So Mixer couldn't grab new people. You don't people don't find two different streaming sites and watch stuff from both. They typically gravitate towards one. So if you are already watching stuff on Twitch, you're not going to go to Mixer to find more stuff. You're going to stay on Twitch. I'm sure a bunch of people when Ninja left, they're like, "Well, I'll just go watch Doctor Disrespect." Right. They're watching someone else on Twitch. They're not following him over. Obviously, that's the way it happened because of his follower numbers. That and the, the view numbers didn't bump up at all for right. almost a year of him being on the platform. Yeah. Yeah, it, well, and I mean, that that goes to another aspect, I think, of something that we've talked about before, where you're asking somebody, even when we're just trying to organize anything for ourselves, when we want to have a game night, when we want to have this, when we want to do that, as soon as you're asking somebody to do something more than what they yes. already do, yeah, you're losing interest of of a certain amount of those people. If you provide a link somewhere and that link does not directly take you to where you want someone to be, they're not going to click around three times to try to figure right. out where to go. They're, they if want that link you send up, them to work. Right. If it says sign up after they click that link, more than half are not going to sign up. Yeah. They've already forgotten. They've moved on. Mm-hmm. And that um, was the transition. And that's, yeah. Andy, Facebook, what do you think? You already have the account. I don't, though. <laughs> Everyone else does. <laughs> And I want to get you in here. What what part of any of this sticks out to you? Uh, do you? Do you watch anything on Mixer, Twitch, Facebook gaming, anything? I used to sort of scroll over it on my Xbox just when I was bored. You know, I would be like, oh, what's streaming on Mixer right now? And I would look. Uh, the thing that most caught my attention, which I actually watched maybe like four minutes of, was someone was actually streaming like a and d session. Um, I can't remember what the heck their name was, but that was like, oh, that's pretty interesting. They're actually streaming like a D&D session. That's, that's pretty neat on Mixer. Yeah. Um, but I would be absolutely pissed off if like I was forced to go to Facebook gaming because I feel like it would just be like this endless loop of like, you're trying to stream, but someone's trying to sell something on Facebook Marketplace, and someone's trying to, like, friend request you, and, and like, oh, look, someone's waving at you, or, like, oh, my God, I got a messenger thing. I just, I feel like it would just be an absolute fucking disaster. Yeah. And like, I, I want to be clear, too. Now, check not... this out on, on, what is it, Facebook videos, or now, whatever that little yeah. tab is now. Like, fuck. <laughs> They're not. They're not forcing anybody to go to Facebook. They're. They're saying that's the place we will allow you to, to transition. Like basically everything you have on Mixer will come over to Facebook Gaming. But they are. These people are free to go wherever they want to go. I think. I think the idea that is like they're saying like your followers won't have to refollow. They won't have to resubscribe. They're trying to make like that kind of smooth transition. I think even just your status, like if you are like you know a partner on Mixer, right. which gives you certain certain things for your page. All that stuff should come with you to Facebook Gaming. You don't have to start over. I know, but you're still you're still forcing 
some like like Mike said, if you want to just do a complete upheaval of all of your followers and stuff and move them to a, a place, why is it Facebook gaming? Because right. now you're gonna have to start all brand fucking new over here on Twitch. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, wouldn't it be easier to go to Facebook gaming, even that's if that's not where you really want to go? So well, so here's what I can give because you because all those people are well. Most likely, still going to be there, or you right, know, right. If you look at it so, that way, so so what I can give you on that is when you go to apply to be a Twitch partner, there's a few things they will consider. They will consider your performance on Twitch if you have been a Twitch streamer. Okay, so if you've been a Twitch streamer and you've done very good, okay, they'll talk to you about being a partner. Um, you know, I, I averaged enough viewers for a 30 day period that I can apply to be a partner anytime I want. That was one 30-day period that I have not replicated since, but I did it once. Um, and the other things, though, consider is if you have major followings from other media sources. So if somebody comes and says, I was a mixer partner, and I had this many followers, this many subscribers, so on and so forth, on Mixer, they can apply directly to be a Twitch partner by saying that, and telling them, like, hey, this is what I can bring to the table. And you don't have to work your way back up from scratch on Twitch if you were to come back to it. It's something where you can say, this is the following I already have. I want to be a Twitch partner since Mixer went under. And Twitch will either confirm or deny that based on what you have. If you were barely a Mixer partner, you'll probably get denied. But if you're somebody... It doesn't have to be, like, Ninja... But somebody that had a very solid following and a very solid viewership of, you know, hundreds of people watching your streams. Yeah, they're absolutely going to take you. Yeah. Because you'll hit their numbers without a problem. Um, has anyone checked out Facebook Gaming? Like I didn't even they, know it play things or anything? I don't even know it existed until I read the <laughs> article that you sent me. I was like, wait, that's a fucking thing? <laughs> and it's going to continue to be that I thing that I assume isn't real. Yeah, I haven't even checked it out, so... <laughs> Um, yeah, I I would have no intention of checking it out. Um, morally speaking, I stand against and even, Mark Zuckerberg and is, everything is Facebook that a, stands for at this point. Well, okay, so if it's not a tab on my Facebook app on my phone, which I use like once a day to scroll through randomly for I don't know five minutes a day or something, if it's not like a marketplace tab or anything like that, like I'm not gonna look at it. That's the thing. I tried to look because I was like, where the hell is it on Facebook? I feel like it should be like right front and center, and it's not. Like, you have to, looking at the desktop on Facebook, you have all your, uh, like, topics and stuff on the left-hand side, and you have to scroll down to explore and see more, so it's not even right there listed. It's like third from the bottom. It just says games, and you click that, and it takes you to Facebook Gaming. If this is something they're trying to promote, why is it not front and center for these people? Right. You know how... Unless it's somehow in this watch tab, maybe. Maybe that... Just the random videos will eventually lead you... But this isn't just gaming. This is videos, period. Uh, Stupid shit. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, you know how Facebook has, like, their own messenger service. Like, you have to have two apps. You have Facebook and then Messenger. I feel like they need to have a Facebook gaming other app. Another... Actually, maybe they... And maybe that's something they do have. I just didn't look that hard enough to see if it existed... 
But you're right. If they don't have that, that's something they need to do. Yeah, absolutely, 100. There, there needs to be nothing in your way to start streaming. You know, there, there doesn't have to be like four tabs you have to go to all the way at the bottom to click on yeah. games to, for you to start doing what you need to do. Again, what we talked about, like if if you can't find that in one click, maybe two, you're not going to be able to fucking you know get people to watch your stuff because they don't have to click around too much to find where you're at. Right. We do have a separate app. Oh. Okay. At least on Android. So that's okay. I looked there. I'm not looking. I'm not right. figuring out how to find it on the Apple Store, which I don't have Fair. access to. Oh, what the Fair hell, Ian? <laughs> Android scum. Hey, if I can't type in like dot iTunes dot Apple and figure it out, I'm not doing it. I typed in dot play dot store. <laughs> Facebook. I and Android scum. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so, I mean, I feel like the obvious place for these people are Twitch. Do you expect them to go to YouTube, or do you think they're all going to end up on Twitch? Well, it all depends on why they were on Mixer in the first fucking place. Like, I don't, <laughs> I, honestly, I don't know why. I'm assuming some people started there because it was integrated into Xbox. Yeah. I don't know if any of those people then built that out into a larger following and they just stuck with right. the platform. Because as I think we've all we've discussed, it's hard to build a following. So they just yeah. stuck with it. I, I know some people probably switched Microsoft bottom originally just because they people get pissed off at Twitch constantly. Like even big, like relatively large Twitch streamers get constantly pissed off and switch. Like I know yeah. a guy that has switched back from YouTube to Twitch to Twitch to YouTube and with a Justin like of a bit shoot thing dropped in there at some point. Like some people just switch all the time because they get pissed off. But I think it depends on why they're there. If they were there because they didn't like Twitch for whatever reason, I can't imagine they would go there. If they got yeah. their start organically on Mixer, I can see them. Well, why wouldn't I go to the biggest platform that gives me the best chance to succeed? Right, right, right. The the big names, I will tell you, they'll be back to Twitch. They'll be back to where they're going to get the most views and the most advertising money. Um, unless they get offered contracts, you got to remember that's an option. If if this doesn't have them contracted to go to Facebook Gaming, of course, Facebook Gaming, YouTube, Twitch, all have the opportunity to sign these people and say, "Hey, come here for this amount of money." They have that opportunity. Yeah. If that happens, they'll go where the money is, and that's where I think the big names will go. Everybody else is going to do what Ian said. They're going to go to where they're going to go because they believe that that's the best platform, whether that be for a moral reason or for a personal reason or for just their own personal belief. Statistically. (laughs) Yes, some people buy into the statistics that more viewers are on Twitch, therefore I have a chance at more viewers, and some people buy into the statistics that say... There's more viewers on Twitch because the big names on Twitch draw in more viewers and the small streamers don't get noticed. Yeah. Okay. Depending on what they believe, they could go either way. Both of those That's stories really... exist out there in the streaming community and, you know, who do you believe and what does what you know, influences your decision. Yeah, who is your daddy like... and what does he do? <laughs> <laughs> um trying to look forward to the future. Do you think we'll see another streaming platform sort of come up in the wake of Mixer? Yeah. I mean, that always happens. Yeah, they'll try. It's, Will it be successful is the question. It won't, it won't stop yeah. happening until someone launches one way too late, and you're like, wait, dude, no one streams anymore. <laughs> like, that's that's when it'll stop. That's so 2020. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my, my personal opinion of what's happening currently is that you're seeing the corporatization of streaming. Yeah, companies start to realize scale. you can. There's actually money to be made here. 
Right. And, and what I've started to notice is that you're not just seeing people you never heard of streaming. You're seeing celebrities out there streaming. You're seeing names out there streaming. You're seeing people out there making money off of streaming that don't need it as a revenue service. There are re- revenue service, reven- like an income Stream. source. Yeah. Um, and, but they're out there doing it. Um, I can think like recently John Krasinski was doing it. He was doing a weekly stream, making a bunch of money off of a thing he called like good news something, or yeah, yeah, good news Some something. Good news. And but he was doing it, and there's all kinds of other ones that are actual big names that don't need this. Jason Muse streams, yeah, but like he regularly. might need it. <laughs> he stopped doing drugs. Yeah, so. but I don't know how much his residuals still are. I mean, Kevin Smith would take care of him if he needed it. We know this. But nonetheless, um, but he's out. But I'm saying celebrities are out there doing it now, as opposed to just people trying to come up and make something of themselves. You have people that already are something going and using it as an income source. And you're seeing, you know, YouTube saying, pay us for a premium account to watch our videos. You're starting to see it turn a little bit. And that puts me off of it quite a lot personally because it means they're going to push the the lower end down and they're going to step on them a little bit more to try and make space for what they know is already profitable as opposed to worrying about what could be profitable they're going to take what is and use it yeah um i think those are the only questions i got you guys got any other points you want to make for the mixer stuff nothing all right Bring back Beam. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, we don't know where these co-creators went from Beam. So I hope they start Beam too. <laughs> they, they could come back. Ooh, call it like Meeb. Be the backwards. <laughs> <laughs> I like Meeb. I'm sold already. <laughs> Fucking make it work. That could be the website. M-E-dot-A-B. Oh, you could do oh. that nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I'm sold. Meeb.us. <laughs> Mebus. Mebus. Praise Mebus. Now I want a Mebus and Butthead spin off. <laughs> Mebus and Butthead. Uh, Alright, so we're going to move on to the next video game, which is more or less kind of a quick hit thing um, for video game news. But uh, for anyone following along with uh, Cyberpunk 2077, um, it has been delayed again. So it was originally pushed from, or I forget the original release date, but it got pushed to September 17th, and now they pushed it to November 18th. So they, uh, CG Project Red released a statement saying they did not want to ship an unfinished game and needed some more time to polish it before it was released. Uh, they said the game is done. Story, missions, characters, all that stuff is locked. Uh, but these last few months, they just want to go through extensive testing, fixing bugs, and just, you know... They want to take the time for a game that massive to make sure it, it works properly, which is, I can appreciate. So, uh, and then they also announced that the current generation version of the game will work on next-gen consoles, and that a later update will upgrade those versions to next-gen for free. So you can you can buy it now, you can play it release date on the next-gen of consoles, and then eventually it'll get that that 4K 60 frames a second update yeah. somewhere down the line. Yeah, I'm sure. So that's similar to <laughs> what did what did Xbox what do they call it where you buy it digitally and you get it on whatever newest console that you have 
Yeah, What's now I completely blanked on what that's called too. Play it for. They have maybe. a name for it though. Yeah, yeah they, they do have a name for it. You sure it's not play it? Can't pl- I... You sure it's not play it forward? I'm pretty sure it's not that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, but I'm pretty sure it's not that. Damn it! But now I can't think of anything but that, and I know it's wrong. So it's because it's good. <laughs> it's good. Copyright that shit. Um, so anyway, what do you you know? Any thoughts on Cyberpunk getting delayed? And I think you know we're all looking forward to that one. So it's a little sad, but I fully support I mean, this it decision was... that they are taking the time to finish the game. Yeah, I mean, it was originally scheduled, you know, to come out a couple times now, and they've pushed it back a couple times, and that's okay, so long as it actually comes out in the proper state. If they release it and it's still buggy, then it's a problem. <laughs> they pushed it right. back that much. Yeah, but if they if make it a point to say we're delaying it's... to fix bugs, and then it comes out and there's still bugs, then what the hell were you doing? Then right. it's a Bethesda release. <laughs> oh, low blow. Boom. Not really, just correct. <laughs> that's correct <laughs> but I, yeah. I think with this the one thing I noticed is with these last two delays they were both right around the 90 day before release mark so I think they're hit, there's some kind of internal metric they have that at T90 days we need something to happen Some met, they have a metric and they didn't hit yeah. it these last two times now the other concern I have is this game's been in development for 7 years <laughs> what the hell's happened that they needed a six month of delays that they didn't plan for? Like, is there no project management here? And then at the same, then build on that. How bad well, I feel for these devs now that they're having like a a year long crunch because it keeps getting delayed. Like they're they an exit crunch, I'm assuming, because of the delay. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll give you the crunch. I feel bad for the devs, but at the same time, I would say this case they pushed back to September before the COVID crisis happened. And now that this happened, I can easily see that being the reason why. But they just because said, they had at least a delay in which they had to get everybody working from home. But they said a week at before the delay month. that there was no delay because of COVID. They said, yeah, but they, yeah, the, yeah why, a lot of people why, were saying but that. They, they but, said it, and then a week later they delay it. So we have to assume it's not COVID related because why would they lie a week before they delay it? I mean, I don't have an answer for that on why they would say it that way, but. <laughs> Maybe they just don't want to admit that that's what caused the delay. But that's such an easy out and no one would care. Like, that's why it makes no sense for them to have said, well, it's not COVID-related, and then delay it, and then it's actually because of COVID. I, maybe they don't want to say what the real delay is about. I don't know. I have no idea. But it, to me, it's not a surprise to see anything delayed right now. Well, because then this also comes into the fact that it's not only has been in development for seven years, they announced it seven years ago. Sure. They could have waited on this announcement. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, this has been a game that we have all been looking forward to for a very, very long time. Seven years when you're told a game is happening and they're dangling it out there for so long. When you're getting this close, like, we're close to release at this point. We know that. We don't know if they're going to delay it again. I don't know if we're we're close close to release. release. (laughs) I mean, I'll be honest, I probably wasn't following this game for that long. No, I think, yeah, I think I knew it was happening, and it probably wasn't until last E3 with Keanu that I was finally like, okay, I am in. I don't know what you know what's going on I'd with this game, I, when it's coming, but I'm in. I, I want to say I first picked up on this one three-ish years ago. I didn't pick up on it seven years ago by any means, but maybe three years ago, and I picked up on it, and I took notice of it. I wasn't like, oh my god, cyberpunk or anything. It just sounded like 
oh, that sounds cool. You know what I mean? Because there wasn't a whole lot out there to go on. But then the craze started with Keanu Reeves and that whole thing they did with him. Actually, didn't they do, they did like a 45-minute game demo before that, didn't they? I think that was what I saw that first got me peaked. They've demoed it before the, then, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. E3 was just more or less confirming Keanu's in the, gra- in the game and giving us like another cutscene trailer thing. But a meme, yeah. Yeah. A good meme, but a meme. Yeah. You're all breathtaking. <laughs> I'm just happy you were able to say those words. You didn't fuck <laughs> it up. <laughs> Andy, have you been following Cyberpunk? Are you excited for this? I'm excited for Cyberpunk, and I think it's refreshing that a... Um, a project of this caliber is actually pushing back because of an unfinished project because I think too often nowadays you buy something, you know, release date and you're like, wow, this is kind of buggy, you know, and, yeah. and that's irritating or you, there's something that you didn't know you'd be behind a wall of, you know, pay to win type stuff like crates and shit like that like battlefront 2 had originally you know like um, I, I, like for me the one i think about the most is like elder scrolls 4 that like nearly crashed the xbox half the time it tried to run when it, it launched yeah moral well because it had to come out on was 11. it Morrowind? No. no that was oblivion no, that was oblivion. oblivion and then you had skyrim that had to come out because they had to hit 11 11 11 <laughs> like they had they couldn't move it because that's the date but I, I think it's refreshing that CD, CD Project Red, did I get that right? Yes. Yep. Um, did that, and you know they just they want to have a fine tuned game, and I, and I like that. I like games that you know don't have first day patches and then subsequent every other day patches to like get to the point where they want to be. You know, like I don't know. Yeah. What were you oh, guys... not using players as game testers? Yeah. 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 They're actually like we're going to release a fully. Those those are my favorite days where you you would go to the store, you would get a Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis game, and you knew you had a complete game. Well, most of the time, um, the good ones at least. You know, Shaq Fu <laughs> would like to discuss this with you, <laughs> but at least it was complete. Um, shitty as it was. I also think you can make the argument this is really their first true triple A game. Like they really need to hit this like for long term yeah. prospects for the studio. Yeah. Yeah. Witcher 3 was not a triple-A game, but the fans of it made it a triple-A game because it was so damn good. Oh, they loved it. I just, yeah. The quality I of it turned it into a triple-A game. Yeah, I would say double-A, but I, I could see people arguing saying it was a triple-A release, but I don't think the money put into it. Not the money put that. into it, but the money that got out of it oh, was triple-A. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of hype around Cyberpunk, so if this, this game comes out and falls flat, that's not going to reflect well on anybody. So I appreciate them, you know, at least admitting, yes, we need more time to finish the game. I'd I'd much rather, you know, they give us something like that instead of just pushing the release date without telling us or just putting out a game too early. I mean, Either it got 10 out of 10 for me as soon as you said general customization. <laughs> there you go. So Copy weird. sold. So for me, this is probably this this is what I'm guessing for me. It's it's probably going to be the first game I buy on next gen. Oh, okay. Are you planning on getting next gen when it, it comes out in the fall? Immediately, no. Okay. So you're gonna you're gonna wait on Cyberpunk and next gen. Yeah. Okay. But so for me, I, I feel like time, that would be the game that I would want to try the next gen with. 
what I was going to say is for me from the time I built this, well, not built, but bought this PC, that was like the idea in my mind is I want cyberpunk on this PC. Like that's the experience I'm like looking at and saying like, I want to be able to optimize that experience through this PC because that's the one I'm looking at. And it's the same kind of idea. Xbox might run it even better than my PC. Maybe not all PCs, but my PC, Xbox, may be better. I don't know. Um, my PC's pretty good, but I honestly don't know what the total comparison would be yeah. between the two. Um, one thing I'm going to add, too. We are recording this June 22nd. In three days, June 25th, Cyberpunk is supposed to have some sort of event through uh, the Summer Game Fest. So Jeff Keighley's uh, Summer Game Fest, they have a... Just a broadcast event that they're not no details other than it's happening June twenty fifth. So don't they have a name for it or whatever? It's Night City Wire. Yes, that's it. Night City. So we'll see what kind of details come out of that. We might have more to talk about later. Um, and just happen to look at the schedule the day before that, June twenty fourth, we are getting a Marvel Avengers War Table. So new gameplay and details for Marvel's Avengers. So that the game from Square Enix that we've been waiting for that got delayed also. Uh, we'll get some more details on that, so that might be something else we talk about later, too. Yeah, that makes me sad that we were supposed to be playing both of these games already. At the same time, though, like I have enough shit to play, so I don't need anything new right now. I'm fine. Yeah, my backlog queue is fucking ridiculous, but then again, you yeah. guys are probably more hardcore in the way of gaming than I am. But... <laughs> well, then I just bought a 12-year-old game, so... <laughs> what 12-year-old Which game one? did you buy? Persona 4 Cold. Ah, uh, oh, I, I heard Persona 5 is amazing. Yeah, I'm going to wait for that PC right release now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right, because Persona 4 just got a PC release, finally. Yeah, 12 years yeah, after that, the original that's... game and 8 years after the Vita remake. You guys remember Vita? Yeah. <laughs> no. No one does. <laughs> I remember the Vita. I didn't buy it. I had the one before that. The PSP. PSP. Hell yeah. PSP. Yeah, I had that. That was fun. No, I remember the I Vita remember I never bought. I had to cut a wire in the battery so I could mod it. <laughs> oh nice yeah it's probably dumb to cut a wire probably. and a battery <laughs> what were you modding just to put custom firmware on it so you could run um uh, roms and stuff like emulators oh okay gotcha uh so anything else for cyberpunk touch on anything else add anything else nope okay uh last one we're gonna talk about the ea event so Something that typically happens around E3, uh, flat past few years, uh, is EA Play. So that's EA's event. They they used to have a panel at E3. They started doing their own thing a couple years ago. So this is you know what they've what they've done the last couple of years. So this year was a pre-recorded video showing off some of their upcoming titles. Um, as we typically do with the video game events like this, we're not going to cover everything. Um, we're just going to talk about sort of what caught our attention. So. Um, Andy, we'll start with you from the event, the video that you scrolled through, what caught your attention? Um, th I'm not sure about what kind of shooter it was. It was some sort of rocket, all rocket shooter. Rocket arena. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever that, that looked, um, titanically, uh, not my game. Like, yeah, it looked like, like garbage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting to hear like it's like Titanically Paul. 
Jaws for a <laughs> I was like, yeah, couldn't come up with. I mean, okay, like the graphics looked all right, and when in the gameplay just looked too zany for me or something. I don't know. It looked too Looney Tunesy. Yeah, for me, Fair I don't enough. know. But um, um, I totally skipped the Sims thing because I don't give a shit about that. <laughs> um, whoa, 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 whoa! The Sims is coming to Steam. Was the biggest announcement we got. Oh <laughs> shit! <laughs> and it I also did had watch... the most depressing trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I did watch the Apex Legends thing because I know uh, I have a lot of friends that play Apex Legends. And it actually looked pretty neat. I didn't understand the guy running around with the trophy thing, but um, <laughs> I thought the the full crossplay thing was pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And they also it, showed us a nerf, which we didn't know was a nerf at the time. They changed um, Lifeline's um, ability. She no longer has the passive fast healing. She now does that res with her robot. So at the time, we just thought she was getting this cool new thing, but they actually nerfed her and no one knew. <laughs> Yeah, I I was watching a video from the devs today on that, and I I had to do a double take. Like, wait, that's not a cool. Like, I thought you could just leave her go, and she would revive somebody without actually having to revive somebody. And I was like, that's a pretty cool thing, which I guess she can still do. She can technically revive two people at once, one with the healing drone, and then run over to somebody else and revive. But yeah, it's not a quicker revive. It's just regular revive now. And they took away her healing ability. It's like, what the fuck are you doing to this character? <laughs> But I think the biggest takeaway I had was was Squadron seeing some actual gameplay footage was pretty flippin' amazing. From somebody who played, like, the original X-Wing when you had to load six fucking floppy disks into your Tandy 1000 to even play the damn thing. Or, no, it wasn't Tandy 1000. It was, like, no, some kind of other computer. But um, to even play the damn thing, like, oh, God, like, X-Wing, X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, X-Wing Alliance, those games were all so fantastic. And this is seems like it's the closest thing to that now, you know. And I enjoyed the Battlefront two games, you know, but they seemed kind of, I don't know, arcadey. Yeah, it's very for, simplistic it's less, controls less, for flight. Less simulation, more arcadey. It's almost yeah. like going from like uh, I don't know Forza to like Cruising USA or something. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean, like. <laughs> So, yeah, that trailer so, definitely brought me back to like playing all the computer games at your house. Yeah, back in the day. Yeah, where we had the the, the joystick where you could like, yeah, and it had all the different angles and all the buttons and stuff on it. Like, we actually felt like you were in a fucking cockpit. That that to me that when they were talking like, about really like cool. diverting power to shields and weapons, I was like, that sounds exactly like X Wing. No, yeah, because because you would yeah, if you wanted to go faster, you would take um power from the shields put it into thr- into the thrusters and you would de- put all full deflectors front and full deflectors back and to like dogfight you would zoom in and then slow down to try and make the angle to kick back and it's oh man it just sounded really cool which i'm really curious to see how that plays on a controller right because i don't know like the button layout how that's going to work i'm wondering if if there's not going to be almost like some sort of a thing where you can are there like they said it, it's going to have full flight stick compatible. I don't know if consoles okay. still release flight sticks. I know the I, 360 I don't know had either. one. I've, yeah, I've never needed one except for like, but, you know. I mean, did they release an Ace Combat on the Xbox One? Uh, I want to say they yes. did, yeah. But they probably have a flight stick. <laughs> Those <laughs> dudes are serious about their Ace Combat. <laughs> yeah, mean, I think it, it, it seems like it's what, first person only? It looks like, yes, yeah. it is. There first was a brief moment where you saw a third-person visual, 
But is that just like flying into a map, or is that you, can you play that way? Because I was it under the impression like it was you can't in play the midst that way. Of action. I don't know. Like for the whole trailer, I thought that, and then right at the very end, when they're flipping through stuff, you can see the back of like a tie bomber. That you're right. Like it looks like you're controlling the tie bomber. It's on the screen. Um, as a third person view. Okay. Now I don't know if that's gonna be a specific thing like you're saying, like flying into a map or readying for a battle or what. But right. it did look like everything was meant to be first person, which is fucking awesome. Really cool. Because I never play in that mode. Really cool. I always play third person. Yeah. That's where I'm more more most comfortable too for driving well, and flying games. Better, yeah. Better field of view of everything yeah. around you. So of course it's gonna be easier to be in third person because you can see shit that the pilot can't see. Um, but this looked amazing. This was, I told you one thing that caught my eye of all this EA stuff and this was it. Um, I was kind of hyped from what they showed before that we talked about last episode. Um, and having seen this trailer, I'm a hundred percent day one. I'll be in this game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I went from, I'll definitely play it to, I'll be there pre-ordered and ready to fucking go. The only thing that really concerned me is they talked about the customizable stuff. They didn't mention whether or not there is microtransactions or or money. They They did specifically say that there were not going to be any. They said that at the PlayStation event, I think. Yeah. Right, they did. But, like, what we were talking before is they can call them other things. Yeah, I'm sure there will be a battle pass. Right. And there's things that can adjust how your ships fly that they're talking about in this customizable stuff. I swear he said while he was while they were doing that though that you could get it all through gameplay. Right, but they that was the same thing with Battlefront two when it launched. You could get it all through gameplay, but it took you fifty hours to unlock it. Oh, right. So I I don't know until it releases, I don't know how to feel about that specifically. Or unless they give more detail. I'm sure they would before launch, just because Battlefront Battlefront 2 would happen again, <laughs> yeah. probably. Especially because it's EA again with a Star Wars game again. I'm pretty, su- <laughs> pretty sure it would just be the exact same conversation again. Yeah, you'd hope that they'd learn their lesson after that debacle. Or at least wait a game or two. <laughs> like, wait a little yeah. longer before trying it again. People are very forgetful. But I mean, they said no microtransactions. I'm at least thinking they won't charge they'll know not to charge people for pay to win stuff especially anything that has a non-cosmetic impact no matter how you frame it i just can't imagine them giving people that because that's that dumb as shit well if for a 40 dollar game yes i think a lot so more so yeah. than a game that's free but that's what i would like to see more of is like um i guess she doesn't talk about the game the combat to me like i i don't know what it is it just felt like they were in airplanes and not spaceships and i don't know if that's just something from the video like not actually playing it that it would you know once i feel it will it feel different it just almost felt like ace combat skin star wars mod i would like to see how that. that comes out like actually playing it that's fair maybe there will be a demo in a couple of months I'm thinking that, or it'll be on that EA Access thing, and I can pay like four or five bucks and just play it like that and find out. Mm. 
Or the free trial. So yeah, um, yeah. Or I mean, Steam does refunds within two hours. So. <laughs> yeah. My favorite thing from uh, the old space simulators was like the the gaming community that you used to play online with, and like you had um, actual like clans or guilds or whatever you want to call them, and then you would have like clan wars. And like an actual website called Battle Stats, where you would take screenshots of each each match that you had, and then they would put it into like statistics and see who are actual winners and and stuff like that. I think it would be really cool if they added um, or had some sort of clan PvP sort of like thing that you could do in this, like a, a community of four squadron. Does that which does I that guess make any sense? Mm-hmm. They could do, but the multiplayer battles aren't going to be that extensive. Well, they did say there was going like to be that they... bigger mode outside of the five v five one, like the inner, the whatever they called it. Well, did, See, I thought it was still five v five, and just like I made AI... it seem to me like it was going to be larger, like with more players. But like, well, that's why I think it was more in line with like Battlefront Two did their space battles, where there are maybe five to ten mm-hmm. actual players per team, but they fill the fill the gap with just AI. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it looks like there's a bunch of ships run, flying around. It looks like a big battle, but there's only 10 people in there. Well, the on, the online ones in the old games, there were only like usually two versus two or three versus three at the max. Right. Or one, okay. like 1v1s and stuff like that. But they, but everything was like really customizable. Like you could be like, you know, we want to fight in this ship with one versus one. Like you had that choice to create okay. like a little room that says like, okay, who wants to play a one versus one match in this specific spaceship? You know what I mean? I don't know that it's this is going to have that many custom game servers, custom and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Could be something they add later because I think Battlefront I think that got custom stuff later super too. Super neat, you know. You would think they would have it because this this feels like it's built on Battlefront's tech. Like it's on Frostbite and it's only forty dollars. So I feel right. like they're kind of lifting this basically from Battlefront two and just making yeah. changes to make this game instead. You know. It's almost just surprised an EA game's releasing for under $60. Yeah, really. Uh, w- what I was going to say um, was that, that that mode that you're talking about that could have more players in it, I think it'll run into the same problem that we see now with the... What is the name of the mode, Brian? For it's similar on Battlefront 2. Starfighter Assault. Is that what it's called on Battlefront 2? Yeah. Okay. So the no, 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 no. I'm not talking about similar to the game. I'm talking about the um, the one with the where you go from ground battle to the ship. Oh, supremacy. That's supreme. Like where you have to like you win multiple stages of the battle, but if you lose the stage, you get pushed back a stage. Yeah, it's capturing points on the ground to then capital if you win the something. if you win them, you go up to the yeah capital supremacy. Sorry. Okay. So I feel like that could face the same problem because some of the matches of Capital Supremacy I've been in can be hour and a half long matches. It's that, the tug of war aspect. Right. It just tugs back and forth, back and forth, back and forth on the middle and the match really never ends. So I feel like with 5v5 you get an end to that because one team is clearly going to be better than the other in 5v5 whereas with Battlefront, you have, what, 40v40 yeah. in that mode? Yep. Or whatever it is, 24v24. Yeah, something like that. It, whatever it is, you have that uh, diversification of skill 
within it that allows for that tug of war to happen. Whereas in a 5v5 match, I don't think you're going to have that problem quite so well, they, much. They mentioned the fleet, but so they, I'm just going to hit a couple bullet points. So they talked about there's a single player aspect to it. You're going to get New Republic and Imperial pilots. So I think you're going to get both sides of the story for the campaign. Right. Entire game can be played in VR. Um, there will be four different classes of ships. So four, four ships per side. So eight different ships. Um, multiplayer's 5v5. They talked about two multiplayer game types. There's a dogfight, which I think is just 5v5, like ship to ship battles. And then they have fleet battles, which I think what Mike is sort of maybe comparing to the capital supremacy from Battlefront 2, where it starts in the middle of the map with a dogfight. And then whoever wins the dogfight pushes towards the capital ship. And then there's two capital ships you have to destroy or defend. And then if you go through that, then you hit the, like the destroyer ship. And then yeah, they had a name for it. Attacker, you know, attacker defend that. So I don't know if that has the tug of war act or the, yeah, the tug of war aspect you're talking about for capital supremacy, where, you know, one team wins the first dogfight, so they push to the capital ships no. that are flanking, and then if they lose that, then they push back to the middle. To they dogfight they said again. that's how it works, and yeah, that's what they said. Okay. Is that it's going to push back and forth like that? So if you lose, you go back. If you win, you go forward. Okay. So, so then, yeah, that could be just as long as the stuff you're talking about. But then you yeah. just add in, like, a time limit or a ticket system or something to counter that if you wanted to avoid hours-long matches. The, 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 the ticket system is in the one they have now. Well, I mean, you would obviously recalculate it so it doesn't last 90 minutes then, like, you know. <laughs> well, no, it's just that the problem is, is that one side wins and then the other objective is so much more difficult mm-hmm. for the offense to achieve or the, you know what I mean, so that they really can't push forward on that objective because it's just so much tougher. Like the first objective is just win basically team deathmatch. Mm-hmm. And the second objective is to win like three different points of control. Yeah. Which when the timer runs out, it runs out and then it shifts back to the deathmatch directly from that. So, Ian, there's like, there are timers. So, like, the, the, what Mike's describing, when you start out, there are control points to capture. It's just like battlefield. Mm -hmm. When you capture points, you get a point total. When you hit the point total, you advance to the next stage, which is going up to a capital ship to attack it. Mm -hmm. And the defending team, whoever lost the ground battle, falls back to defend. And there's a timer at that point. Mm -hmm. So, if any point the timer runs out and you have not destroyed all your objectives on the ship, you go back to the ground and start over, and it just cycles over and over again that way. Okay, so that's, yeah, Tom's. So, there's no overall timer. <laughs> this Each is stage has its own. No, so, yeah, ab- hopefully they would fix that objective. for this. I mean, Mordhau is a similar system with capturing objectives, defending back and forth, and once you capture the point, you have to do something else to then advance to the next point. But they don't have yeah. dumb timers like that. Where it resets yeah. everyone. They let the games end eventually. <laughs> right. That's why Mordhau is superior to Battlefront 2, I'm finding out. <laughs> well, I mean, in this case, like, you don't run into a whole lot of games like that. But it's the fact that I can Where you go back and forth. But, but every now and then, you hit that game in Battlefront where you're there forever. Yeah. Or you run into a game where, you know, you join it and it ends after a round or two. You know I mean, of pushing one way or the other, mm-hmm. and the person at the top has 720 kills because they've yeah. been there the whole time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so. like I like the idea in theory, but yeah, the, I've stopped playing that multiplayer mode because it just I don't want to get stuck in matches like that. Yeah, because um, you have to like wait to get your XP and all that too. Like, yeah, the match has to finish or you don't get your stuff. 
Um, I think uh, Ian mentioned it too. The game is $40 for anyone that doesn't know or missed that the first time. So this is a not a $60 game. So I don't know. I don't know if that means it's going to be smaller compared to other things, um, so this or is, if they're just hoping you spend more money. But this is not a AAA game, then, huh? Well, like Ian said, it could just be because they're reusing assets from Battlefront Two, which I think is is fair. And I, I would, I honestly bet it's more of a AA game than anything. I don't think this will have. They wouldn't even if they're reusing assets. I don't think they're putting in all of the stops. I'm sure it's going to be a relatively short story, and then from yeah. what we have now, there's only two game modes that's not a lot true yeah and if they're both essentially 5v5 that's even less almost work they have to put in yeah so we'll see you know we'll see what happens after launch if they add more to the game later um, i think that's but i'm with be, mike i'm yeah how successful it is depends on how yeah. much they support it um but i'm with mike it's star wars it looks fucking cool um, anything Star Wars, I'm pretty much there for. So I will, I will be pre-ordering this for sure. Oh, and the the fleet battles they have a strategic planning where you're supposed to talk to your teammates to plan out the battle. Oh yeah, that's gonna be a that's shit right. show. <laughs> Everyone's gonna be muted when you're in there. No one's gonna say a goddamn thing. Everybody's gonna do their own stupid thing. Yeah. So well, and you know, there's gonna be the fight over like, no, I'm the X-wing. No, I'm the X-wing. Yeah. No, I'm Luke. I'm the tank. <laughs> I won't be the tank. You be the tank. Oh, that... Fuck you, be the tank. And there's a guy dressed like a carrot. <laughs> <laughs> have that customizable outfit. I'll fight to be Porkins. They need to have a Porkins customization on this. <laughs> I want Porkins. So, or yeah. His if, grandson or something, I don't know. They didn't make any mention of crossplay, so I don't know if that's going to happen, but... They did. You know, they did. We'll have to see if we can get a squad together. Did they? Yeah, it's in there. It's fully, it's fully, yeah. I yeah, all okay, be... then I missed that. Yeah. Damn, well, then we can all squad up. Dominate us. Oh, Let's wait, go. We no, got we got four of our five player. fighters I right here. I, I, I can do it. <laughs> we can, we can make it happen. All right, um, Andy. I think we started with you. Is there anything else that caught your attention from the event? Um, I don't know what the fuck skate is, but I don't know why everyone's excited about them creating something <laughs> called skate. Too. But I were like, oh, and one more thing, and I'm like waiting on the edge of my seat. I'm like, this fucking sucks. <laughs> I think my favorite part is they never said the word skate for. This could be a skate mobile game. <laughs> oh god. Oh god. I'm assuming it's a skate for Diablo. Whatever that was called. Immortal. Diablo Ultimate. Immortal. And it's still not out yet. Probably better. <laughs> could have found out at BlizzCon. <laughs> uh, anything else, Andy? Not to my recollection. Okay. Uh, Mike, anything stuck out to you that we can talk about already? Or anything um, you want to rehash a little bit? I don't recall. Did they briefly mention Battlefield 6? They showed there, So there was one part of the video when they said, like, yeah. look, all of our teams are still working on stuff. And they sort of teased Criterion's Need for Speed. They teased Bioware's, I'm assuming, Dragon Age. Yeah, that was um, Or Anthem 2. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, they're totally going that route. <laughs> Um, and there was a little bit, you know, DICE is working on this, and they showed, like, some very basic, what I'm assuming is Battlefield stuff, which seemed to be World War II still. I kind of expected them to go modern this time, but it seemed like it was it was World War II era stuff. Yeah, that that was my concern, was that it looked like World War II era stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily know that I wanted them to go modern, but maybe not World War II. You know, there's areas of Battlefield that we could be exploring, or of, you know, world warfare, 
that we could be exploring that really haven't been yet. You know, they've touched on Vietnam, they've touched on World War II so much, modern and future tech and all that's been touched on. But what about, like, the 80s and 90s that really hasn't been touched on at all? You know, like the Gulf Storm, or Persian Gulf War and all that. That yeah. type of stuff. That that area or... And I'm not talking necessarily about that war, but more so about, like, that era of military technology. Well, because they had yeah. the, we haven't really the Cold War games, it. right, for Black Ops that were kind of like that? Right. Yeah, but they were... I don't feel like any of them were centered in that time frame, were they? I don't think that era. I just assumed the Cold War one was. Because no. Cold War. They, they were all like Vietnam era kind of stuff, like 60s, 70s. Never really got like the 80s and 90s version of that. I just wonder how much of it's like the, the guns themselves aren't drastically different from like now. Like, uh, Maybe. I don't. I, I feel I like it's still like do... AK-47 and M16s. <laughs> yes, but I feel like other parts of it would be different. I mean, it's something I'd like to see. Just so, you know, and something Battlefield different, has more or less. Done modern since Battlefield Four. So getting a, a turn back to a modern or something like that would be nice. But it did look twenty one forty three. Battlefield, but with the Moonraker laser from Goldeneye. Sure. Yes. I'd play that. I'd play the shit out of that. Um, but yeah, I would like to see a a modern turn again for Battlefield, but maybe what we were seeing wasn't Battlefield. We don't know for sure. We can't say that for certain unless they say it specifically, but we assume that's what they meant. Yeah, and I mean, there, there's some stuff that I think I sort of expected to see, or at least was hoping to see. Um, I know they announced like Criterion was doing Need for Speed. I expected to see like a trailer or something, which we didn't get. I kind of wanted to, I was hoping for a trailer for Battlefield. We didn't get that. Um, I think Ian and I were both talking about crossing our fingers for a Mass Effect remaster announcement, which didn't happen. So that was oh, a bit disappointing. Oh, that's the other thing that I missed that I didn't see that I know they covered. I'm sorry. Was the which the Command and Conquer remaster stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I must have scrolled over that part because I didn't see it anywhere except at the very end when they were showing clips of everything that happened, and I was like, "Oh, Command and Conquer!" <laughs> Did you buy that already? I feel like you should own that. No, already. no, because this this laptop just kind of just you know upgrade time. But you yeah. can play it with the old graphics, so it'll run still. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mike, anything else that you want to touch on? No, I mean, honestly, for me, from EA, if it's not Star Wars or Battlefield, I generally haven't been playing it in any time, like, recently. Fair so, enough. like, I don't play the sports games, I don't play the racing games. Like, racing, I go to Forza, sports games, I just don't play. Yeah. Uh, anymore. I used to, don't anymore. So... Um, Ian, we'll spin to you. What uh, what stuck out? How much sweat did you see for the sports game? Not enough, enough sweat. sweat. I don't know if you guys remember, Zion Williams was drenched in that 2K trailer. He was literally a sweat man. He was not human anymore. He was sweat itself incarnate. He was playing so much like high-level CSGO that he had evolved into a new life form. So I was very disappointed in that. I was also upset that even during their sports montage trailer, they didn't like tell us 
hey, it's next gen, so we stripped all the features out again like we do every gen. I wish they would have just confirmed <laughs> that and gotten it out there ahead of time. Um, I was surprised to find out that BioWare is still a studio. They didn't shutter it yet. <laughs> yet. Yet. I mean, they literally they literally killed Mass Effect. A, a, like, a very beloved like series is now dead. Literally, they're not making games for it anymore. They had planned DLC that they just didn't do. So, if Dragon Age doesn't hit, I think they're going to shut down the Bioware Studios. Yeah, that's their last draw. I know they're trying to redo Anthem, like what happened with that Final Fantasy game, and what I think they're probably trying to do with Fallout 76 to this day. (laughs) But we'll see, because this is really their last one, and I think even... um, the last uh, Inquisition Dragon Age game, I think even that had some mixed reviews. Like, a lot of people didn't like the way it transformed, because it was more of a classic computer RPG in the first game, and each step of the way, they've moved further away from that. Almost how you could say each Mass Effect subsequently became less RPG and more third-person shooter. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting if we ever find out about more about this Dragon Age game, because it was basically almost like that Outer Scrolls reveal we got, where it's like, it exists, so don't ask about it. And we <laughs> yeah. won't hear about it for another four years. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm wondering, the one thing they showed, as Andy mentioned, Rocket Arena. All I want to know is if it's free or not. I'm not going to play it regardless. <laughs> I just want to know if they're going to try and charge money for that game. <laughs> Other than that, it was they did the weird Sims thing because it's, the game's on Steam already, but then they announced it that it's on Steam. Like they did, the, no new Sims content was in that trailer. It was just that content that cost five hundred dollars on Origin now costs five hundred dollars on Steam if you want to play it on Steam. So I just <laughs> I just didn't see the need to tell anyone who like who who is watching the EA Play stream and it's like holy shit. I can buy Sims on another platform? Holy <laughs> shit, I've been waiting. I've been holding out on buying the Sims. So then the Apex stuff was cool. We're getting crossplay finally, which I think they told us when the game launched we were getting crossplay. And here we are, five season years later. Five, yeah. It'll be season six that was a big, by then. That, that's that was a right. big reveal. Ian can carry us now. I, I like the crossplay reveal. That was big. I might play. I might play crossplay on Apex if Ian can carry me. <laughs> so they gave us that, and like I mentioned earlier, they showed us that great nerf, about telling us <laughs> it was a nerf, and then of course we had the masterpiece. It takes two by that legend that just talked for five ten minutes, <laughs> and, said, and they showed us clip about fucking the Oscars. And then we got that other indie game about the dice, which I thought was dumb because of oh, the tim burton looking movie. yeah, or, yeah uh, that did look like kind of odd yeah yeah the tim burton psychonauts love child where they live <laughs> in a world called random and you have a pal named dicey who's a dice that you roll because it's random <laughs> a lot of connections there i guess i don't know um the only other thing i guess that really got me excited was that they were given out a secret code that was ea play live <laughs> it was the secret code, and you were watching EA Play Live. I thought that was really clever. And big shouts out to whoever pulled off that masterpiece. I'm going to assume Greg Miller himself came up with the idea. <laughs> but overall... Did you end up getting your free game? No, I gave up because the site crashed. I was like, I don't even want any of these games. <laughs> so I think overall, the event did what they wanted. It just didn't do what I think I wanted. 
where they didn't yeah. show a lot of stuff I cared about. They showed the Apex announcement. It's, again, cool, but kind of late now. I have other friends that I've talked about playing it with for so long, and they've they've played Apex in over a year. I said other friends. I said other <laughs> friends. And um, and then the Star Wars thing I've been waiting for, but I, I want to see a lot more from it before I know, because they were showing that. I just can't imagine they go full sim on it because it's Star Wars. It's got to still yeah. be relatively arcadey, like because they don't want to make it too complicated for Sit Nation out there to play. And I would have liked to know if uh, Dragon Age, I guess, is 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 it happening anytime soon? Like I just I think the short answer to that is no, eh. not not yeah, anytime they, soon. Yeah, they didn't. Uh, be, given that they didn't even say it was Dragon Age, I also liked that it kind of looked like another HR Grieger game. We're getting a lot of those this summer. <laughs> but then, yeah, I get scorn three. And then running back to Rocket Arena, they they mentioned you know playing with your friends and like about if you could like blow stuff up and it was real cool. And it's you, one of the best strand type games I think we've seen this summer. <laughs> Just gotta plant that seed, don't you? Just wait for it to take up. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I'm just happy we saw some good strand type gameplay. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I think we we covered pretty much the stuff. That the only two things that really stood out to me was Squadrons and Apex, because mm-hmm. I am still playing Apex here and there. So I did like you know they got an event starting tomorrow actually that I'll probably jump into and start that one. Um, mobile respawn beacons for Apex too was a big thing. I think that could be a clutch type of equipment to try. But it's so only I'm, for I'm that one to see game that mode, works. right? I think. Well, I think it was only it's, for that well, one game mode, right? They're, they're test driving it in the game mode, okay. so the event that starts tomorrow for two weeks, they're taking away all the regular respawn beacons, and the only way to respawn is with these mobile beacons, and then I think that's how they test yeah. the equipment. And going forward, they're going to probably integrate both. I think we mentioned it before when we were watching it. Like They did the same thing with the solo queue, and not enough people played the solo queue for them to bring it back after the event. Yeah, so if it gets bad feedback, they might take it out and revamp it before they mo- use it again for something. Um, and the other big addition for Apex is coming to Steam, and it's coming to Nintendo Switch, which is cool. I can't wait to see if it runs on the Switch. I I will try it and see how it goes. I'll probably be terrible playing a shooter on the Switch. Do you Switch, think it'll have the motion it controls like Fortnite does? Like the gyro controls? <laughs> Fortnite know. does. I want something else to try. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, I think that's I think that's it. I mean, it wasn't a long event, under an hour, mm-hmm. which was shorter yeah. than I expected. And I think, like Ian said, I think some of the stuff that I expected to see just weren't there. So it was it was a bit underwhelming. I mean, I I really only tuned in to see squadrons because i knew that was happening and i wanted to see something for battlefield and, and hopefully mass effect and i got one of the three so it was all right but we learned with skate if we keep saying they they should remaster mass effect they'll do it eventually yeah if skate comes back we just gotta keep pushing that mass effect plug um all right final thoughts from everybody anything you want to add or we're, we're done by the time you listen to this i will be a radiant valorant player <laughs> Radiant, I'll have to remember that. That's the name of the top rank in Valorant. They renamed it. It used to be called Valorant. What oh, fair What gaming studio was uh was putting out that cross skull and crossbones? Was that And it was Ubisoft, I think. Ubi, yeah, so they're not EA. Because they were they were using like it looks like Assassin's Creed. Yeah, they're not they they're not EA, right? Nope. Correct. Okay, yeah. so okay. 
Ubisoft, I think, has their own event at some point, okay. but I don't remember when. Yeah, I know it's coming. Is it called the Ubi Dome? Uh, let me check the calendar. Uh, Ubisoft Forward. <laughs> yeah, that's such a <laughs> worse July, name. July 12th. The Ubisoft Fan Dome. No, Ubi Dome. And then, as we all know, two days later, the most exciting event of the summer, Stadia Connect. I just, just saw that. Stadia's not dead. They they it, leaked that game. Uh, isn't Stadia that like weird alternate sugar? <laughs> no, that's no, that's Stevia. That's I'm sorry. <laughs> Wait, there's another one. I'm so confused. What is happening? The fuck is Stevia? Oh shit! That could have been the cold open again. Andy. Way to go. That's off to you. I'll repurpose it. I'm just gonna cut it out of the end. And I'm just gonna use it for the beginning. It's fine. It's it's all fine. <laughs> No, you still gotta use the C bomb drop, dude. <laughs> like you still gotta use that. All of this is cut. No one will ever know. No, this has to stay in, and so does the C bomb drop. It's just how it goes. Test my editing prowess. Uh, all right, so that's it for us. Uh, if you've enjoyed the show, please support us. Leave a five star rating and review. Uh, give us a share on social media. Uh, be sure to follow or subscribe to keep up with the show. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Google, Anchor, hopefully anywhere you can find a podcast. We will be there. Um, find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Superfriends. You can send us questions, comments, topics, suggestions. Uh, you can try to email us, Superfriends at gmail.com. I won't check it. It's there for show. Uh, tweet us at Superfriends on Twitter. We'll check that one. We'll get back to you. And on behalf of Andy, Ian, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Love you, Simples. Doodle.